Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Welcome and thank you for joining us. We are Mark and Marsha and we talk all things technology, computers, social media, just crazy stuff. We'll even talk about today something crazy with Peloton bike. We're going to uh, discuss about what happens when your internet goes down. And also, hey, are those accurate uh, measures on your fitness tracker? And that's it for today. And Marsha, what would you like to start with today? Well, you know, this is, uh, this is never ending. <laughs> Excuse me. Technology is happening every day. And we rely on the internet, right? Yeah, that's what I hear. I mean, everything goes through the internet. Everything we do, more and more each day. Sorry about that. And it's been something we rely on. And Amazon had an outage this week. And to talk about how important the internet is to them, their delivery vans weren't working. Their warehouse bots weren't moving packages. Everything came to a screeching halt. But what we didn't notice, a lot of us, is that Amazon runs AWS, which is their technically their biggest moneymaker, right, Mark? I mean, their Amazon Web Services power most of the sites on the Internet. So when Amazon had this outage, a lot of that went down due to network problems. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. this is ridiculous. This happened and continued. For hours. Now, you have to consider, and all of us who rely so deeply on the internet, who we want to go digital because it's modern and it's cool, and we think it's more accurate. But let's think about this. What if your internet was down and your security system relied on your internet in the house? Oh, yeah. I mean, then you're SOL. I mean, easy for someone to break into the house, which takes you to a further step of, you know, can someone block internet from your house to break in? So I was reading several articles, and and when it comes to security systems, the old style (laughs) kind of wired security systems is not going to go down. Because technically people aren't looking to cut the electrical wires to your house. And you have to think of all the other things when you have an internet-connected refrigerator. No longer is your fear just that you're going to lose power, you know, to chill your refrigerator. But if you lose internet, what is that going to do to your refrigerator? So we really have to start thinking about the IoT devices that we use. Uh, You know, I don't know how IoT door locks work and, you know, all these different things. Uh, can you, if you have no manual light switches, luckily the one, the plugs that I use have a manual button on them where you can turn things on and off. But I'm going to assume in the future we're going to go to buttonless and it's all on the internet. So we really have to consider whether having a non digital backup is most important and safe for our homes. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of interesting because I've talked about for the last year or so, uh, in my neighborhood, we don't have cable. We're up in an area where we can't get cable. So the only thing we've been able to get in the past in the Internet is either DSL or satellite, which was god-awful, just horrible. Hughes uh, was terrible. And uh, was it, Why was it terrible? Microwave. Because it was slow? Oh, it just was... It was unreliable. It was sometimes it was guaranteed 25 megabits per second. Half the time it didn't come close to that. Then they captured data. And when you went over 50 gig, it went down to three, you know, one to three megabits per second. So I tried it for a while and it was just awful. And then we found this microwave dish. Wait a minute. And, that was and when, we th when we think of that, our country is so concerned in putting 5G in everybody's hands. When right. you have right. a house in Los Angeles that can't get internet, and I say that that definitely reflects on the middle of the country, you know, Nebraska, Ohio, people who live out in the country, they don't have internet either. So pumping up our cities, maybe because that's where all the finance people live, I don't know. But I think it's well, time for the FCC to address the issue of coverage. Well, I mean, as I was saying, uh, so this internet company that I was working with went bankrupt. Just one day they were there, and of the next course. day they were gone. So, you know, now I have a wonderful, you know, I'm very lucky. I have a, a, a backup with Earthlink that I've had for 20, 25 years. It's, very, it's not fast. It's five megabits per second. But the internet just stopped working and won't be back until we can find somebody to replace it, which we're working now on. Now, your Earthlink is a copper wire backup, correct? Correct. Like a, a phone line. Go away. Got it. Yeah, correct. It'll go. It's a DSL line, so it works. But you know, now people in the neighborhood, everybody that was subscribed to the service in our neighborhood, which is probably 50, 75 people, are now completely out of internet. They can't connect to Netflix. They can't, you know, connect to their offices. They can't go to school. You know, if the kids are going to school. So you're exactly what you're talking about. When your internet is out, we rely so heavily now on the use of the internet that when it goes, it's a huge situation. You That's know, why I really I, think you know, it's so no important reason. to have backups, you know, like you have yeah. the Earthlink backup. We can't yeah, go correct. purely digital. <laughs> no, no, it's very difficult. And I don't know, and I won't have that backup, as you say, because the phone companies are trying to get rid of DSL lines and, and copper piping and such. They got delayed because of the pandemic, so maybe i got a couple of more years left where I can still have a backup. But it's a real problem, you know. And now the, whether the, um, the Tesla... Uh, what is that sky what's their satellite service called skylink uh, that uh, elon Ma skylink yeah skylink uh according to them because i checked into them and they're a year away from coming to my area so you know there's a lot of problems with that and it's a big issue and i i don't really have a good solution unfortunately um and well, well i think the fcc is aware of what's going on with a lot of their bogus. I'd love to, I'm going to send you personally the link to the FCC site with their coverage map. And I want you to look up your address, yeah, you know, and that way you can see if okay. they're blowing, because I think we're just being gaslighted about all of this. No, really, it's, yeah. no, well, it's just. Anyway, so you, I'm sure all of our listeners at one time or another have found a power outage or a uh, internet outage from their, right. you know, their internet companies. Uh, my daughter who works on telemed was her internet went out last week and she had to come over to my house to use the internet because spectrum went out for, there was supposed to be two hours. They were out for like 12, 12 hours. 
So, See? you know, when you think about if you have to work using your Internet, it's a big problem. Absolutely. So Absolutely. we shall see going forward. So, okay, so stand you and up Tim and Cook pay attention. Some, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. So you and yeah. Tim Cook decided to put together a China deal, right? Well, when I read the article about this, so many things, and if you read the article, so many things probably fell into place for you. Um, let's give a little background to it is that Apple was number two in China. They sold iPhones. They were a status symbol. Everybody loved it, but they were number two. And it seems that Tim Cook, during a 2016 visit, signed a deal. A real. This was a secret deal, too. The only reason it's coming out now is because it was a five-year deal. Okay, right. so it's... Okay, and it was a $275 billion deal where Apple committed to investing heavily in the technology infrastructure of China and training in the country. Oh, what? What? Yeah. And this is two years from then when we started banging on Chinese tech. Remember, I mean, it's mm -hmm. not a mystery to anybody. This is when we stepped on Huawei. Apple promised to use more components from Chinese suppliers in its devices, sign deals with Chinese software firms, collaborate on technology with Chinese universities, and directly invest in Chinese tech companies. Apple right. promised to invest many billions of dollars than what the company was already annually spending in China, which is insane. So let's look about what this whole deal is. And we've been warned about Chinese components and Chinese chips and everything like that. And what a surprise. Apple has been in China for five years building their financial structure for their technology, which, of course, builds the money behind Apple. And I just thought right, that exactly. this was such I mean, I mean we pretty much destroyed a couple of Chinese tech companies and Huawei, who was the number one phone uh, make manufacturer in China, uh, we've totally destroyed. And, and I just found this was just so, uh, it bothered me. Does it bother you at all? Well, I mean, not, not as much as it bothers you. I mean, the, the issue is obviously security and the premise for cutting off those companies was that they were worried about, uh, you know, hacking into U.S. systems. Yes, yes, but, so but the point is that. those same companies are manufacturing the parts that Apple has been buying. I mean, I just right, read it to true. you. They yeah. signed in to buy more of these parts, the same parts right. other companies over there probably use. And I just thought the whole thing was disingenuous. And uh, the cons consumer, once again, has just been here more gaslighting, I guess. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see in the future. A lot of politics involved in all of this stuff. So, uh, And that's the we'll sad that stuff. Goes. Shouldn't technology not be politics? Yeah. There's, and unfortunately, there's no way of avoiding that. So, uh, but I agree with you. I think. I but think when the right. stock market uh, and financials are involved... You know, those are human beings. These are regular people. These are people with pension plans. You know, and if we're bolstering up with politics, it's bad. Anyway, you found something that I thought 
was interesting. Yeah. Well, this is interesting. <laughs> you know, Apple Apple Care Plus, which I have on my phone, I'm on the Apple upgrade program. So every 12 months, if I want to, I can upgrade my phone and get a brand new phone. And then you kind of start your buy over process again. Or you, if you want, you can just pay it off at the end of 24 months and it's yours. Uh, and they include Apple Care extended warranties. And I have to say, I have used Apple Care extended warranties on a number of occasions. I went through one period a couple of years ago where I literally, in a two week period of time, dropped my phone twice, shattered my screen, and had to have it replaced. And I can't quite remember the cost of replacement now, uh, but it was part of Apple Car Care. Does your Apple Watch well. tell you when you're going to drop the phone? <laughs> yeah, it warns me ahead of time. It says you're about to drop your phone. Hold on tight. You know, so, uh, so the Apple Care Plus warranties are usually pretty good. Uh, you know, I guess everybody at some point in time drops their phone, drops it into a pool, does something you know that causes you to have to have your phone repaired. So Apple Care extended warranties, they've got to be purchased within 60 days of buying a new Apple device. Well, apparently in an Apple internal memo leaked explaining how iPhone and Mac owners will be able to have a second chance to purchase Apple Plus Care following a repair. Now, this is again following a repair. The repair has to be carried out by an Apple store or by an Apple authorized service provider. Uh, and then once it's complete, the customer is eligible to get Apple Care again. The caveats are, of course, is the device has to be at least as less than one year old. So you can't do it on a two or three year old phone. Uh, uh, second, it has to pass physical inspection and diagnostic following the scheduled repair. Well, you got to assume they're doing that when they're repairing the phone. Um, you got to assume, caveat, but are they? Are they really? Well, I, who knows? I mean, I don't know. Uh, the second caveat is to cover. Apple in case there's anything else damaged on the phone that needs to be repaired before it can be offered. So um, it's apparently available all across countries where Apple Care is available. And, you know, that might be something that you might want to consider depending upon what it just costs you to fix the phone that you just had repaired if you don't have Apple Care. And it's not cheap. I mean, if I remember right, Apple Care is about 200 and something dollars when you buy your phone, as I say, unless you do it through the uh, the upgrade program where it's included. Well, looking at the Apple financials, that's a big profit center for Apple. Oh, absolutely. No question about it, which is why we've talked about so many times the right to repair and, and you know, why don't they want other people to repair their phones? Right. Uh, so anyway, that's, you know, that's kind of the latest thing and the latest news on Apple. So if you have a problem and you want to pick up Apple Care after repair, uh, uh, you can now do that under one year. So, you know, bear that in mind. Uh, now, here's the story. We, we've talked about ex extensively about how safe are your apps, your uh, messaging apps, and, you know, how good do they work and such. So you've had a story about uh, well, you know, this, this, the FBI. This, and this is a very quick story. It's like crazy. I get, yeah, I used to have a WhatsApp account on my phone. I pulled it off. Um, I used to have Telegram. I didn't have Signal. Obviously, I don't have iMessage because I'm an Android. And, oh, by the way, let me interject right here that my book, Android Smartphones for Seniors, is the number one selling book on Android in real bookstores. You know, when you go into Barnes & Noble or a real bookstore, it's the number one selling book on Android. So there's that. <laughs> um, but this is interesting. So these messaging apps are giving information to the FBI. 
Now, legally, of course, the FBI has to request it and things like that. But WhatsApp, iMessage, and Line all provide limited message contents in response to a legal request from the FBI. But Signal, Telegram, Threema, Viber, WeChat, and Wicker don't disclose any message content, though. Now, I use WeChat. Uh, that Yeah, it's Chinese-based. Um, I don't think WeChat really cares about anything I have to do on the Internet. But iMessage seems to give the most information and the most often to the government. Um, there was a graphic put out by the Federal Bureau of Investigation that showed uh, who they use for investigations. And the truth is, iMessage... WhatsApp, if the FBI wants to know about you, and remember, we all say, hey, I'm not doing anything. I don't care. But, you know, if the FBI knows somebody that you know that might be involved with somebody who does some bad things, yeah, you're on the trail. So you can be targeted as a contact. And all of these apps have direct uh contact to your contact list, say contact three times. So with the surveillance request, they can find out everybody who you know. Um, If you back up your WhatsApp messages to iCloud, then the FBI can actually grab actual message content too. Apple is required to hand over the cloud encryption key along with a search warrant. So if you want to be careful uh, or if you have questionable friends, I've had one or two in the past in my life. Don't be saving your messages. Don't be saving your messages um, because uh, this is dangerous. And no matter who says, oh, we're safe, we're going to be safe, not a problem. No. No, if the FBI wants the information mm-hmm. on some, even a third, you know, somebody who's four degrees separated from you, it can lead to you and your information can go to the FBI. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, I'm amazed every week at the slimy, sleazy criminals that prey on people. And the latest story this week is apparently there are a bunch of phishing emails targeting U.S. universities. Uh, which uh, the themes give the introduction of the Omicron variant, uh, and they are trying to get you to do certain things. So they're hacking the universities. On Tuesday, security company Proofpoint warned about the phishing email campaign that's been trying to steal login credentials from university staff and students. Uh, It started back in October and has been sending thousands of messages to dozens of universities in in North America. They mentioned COVID-19 testing for the Delta variant as a way to trick victims into giving up their login credentials. But last month, they changed it to Omicron, the new strain. Uh, And, you know, so one of the adventures, uh, one of the messages said, attention required information regarding COVID-19 Omicron variant dated November 29th. Uh, And then so these come in as text messages, correct? Or email? Uh, These are emails. Okay. These come in as emails, uh, and then they're offered a link to legitimately, se- seemingly legitimately log in from the university. But in reality, it gets their computer under hacker control and captures password information. 
the proof point warned that it's likely the activity is going to increase in the next couple of months as colleges and universities require testing for students, you know, faculty and such. And other emails from the campaign include attacking a COVID-19 test result with a link to a fake page from the university. Uh, in some of these cases, the hackers are also trying to steal the two-factor authentication. Authentication. Whoa, that just went out of my mind. Authentication code for a victim's code. Um, and it involves creating a fake logon page, which is intended to spoof multi-factor authentication providers such okay. as Duo. You know. So anybody who's listened to our show for any length of time, we tell you do not click on links in email, period. Correct. Um, but there is a little thing. If you're using Gmail on a desktop or laptop, if you mouse over any link in the lower left-hand corner of the Chrome browser, you can see the actual email address that it goes to. Right. And you can do this with any email you get. Yep. And that is the legit way to find out if this is like the real deal or you know, I still never, ever recommend right clicking through because yeah, exactly. it's too dangerous. But the point is that, I mean, I get a couple occasionally, not that yeah, I too. want to click through, but like, here's a new one, Walmart reward. We have been trying to reach you. Please respond. If I mouse over the please respond, I see this in the lower left-hand corner of my browser. C dash O M M A L E R dash org dot UK, and then a bunch of letters. Now, Walmart would not be emailing me from the UK or any of that. So, uh, I this, mean, I, get, I, yeah. Well, I was going to say if you get an email from Tony Soprano at gmail.com purporting to be Walmart, it's probably not Walmart. And, well, and but that's always... the thing, and you can easily report, and you can't do this on mobile, but on right. desktop or laptop, go to the three dots on the right side of the email, and you can report a phishing message to Google. Yeah, that's and, and really crazy. Do, the more you do that, the better the system gets. Yeah, you should definitely do that. Now, of course, these these uh, spammers are always changing the email address that it comes from. But again, the best tip, which we always tell you, is if you get an email from Walmart that you don't trust, go directly to Walmart and find out what the story is. Go to the Walmart website directly, you know, walmart.com. Don't click the link that takes you to Walmart because the odds are pretty good. It's not actually them sending the information. So just be careful. So um, I got to tell you, I got this uh, chart, which was fabulous. Marketing charts, if anybody's interested in data, they publish charts on a regular basis, and it's always kind of fascinating. But this one came out this week, and it's trust in tech companies with consumer data. You know, who is it that everybody trusts with consumer data? Yeah, the answer is um, nobody. The big winner at 37.7% would be Amazon, that yeah, people completely trust, okay? The next is Microsoft. Right. The next Wait a minute. The next is Google, excuse me, then Microsoft, right. Right. then Zoom, then Apple, uh, then Facebook. I mean, the, the fact that 16.5% of the people completely trust Facebook is beyond me. Who are you, 16.5 people? Wake up. Yeah. And uh, Twitter and, was terrible also, 13.4% yep. and TikTok yep. at 8%. I mean, 
And honestly, I don't I don't see how Twitter can be worse than Facebook because they don't get as much information. Well, I don't know. But, if you know, I don't do know the fact. I mean, they, they might believe that they're letting tweets come across that are not legitimate tweets. I mean, I don't know how they how they did this. No, this Mark, this is consumer data. This is the data that oh, is okay. collected so just giving out their about data. you. Okay. Yes. Right. Collected about you and use your personal information data. Okay. Now, you don't Very give good. Twitter a whole lot of personal information. Right. I mean, yeah, you identify right. yourself once and that's it. But in Facebook, you're constantly exposing more data, which they are absorbing. But this is interesting. So Amazon, which is still laughable, 37.7% of people completely trust them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what it pretty much tells you is virtually no one trusts these companies. I mean, their numbers are st staggeringly low. If you take the best one, as you talked about, which was Amazon, that still means that, what, 63% of the people in the country don't trust Amazon right. in this area? Yeah. And why, really, why should you? Because when you talk about something in front of one of their Echo devices, um, you get an ad for it 10 minutes later. Because yeah, uh, on my Fire Stick, this happens all the time. I have a Fire Stick on a small TV in a kitchen. And if I say something in front of the Echo device, I get a commercial for it during the commercial break. Yeah, but that's not possible, Marcia, because you have to trigger them to talk, don't you? Uh-huh, sure. It's not listening all the time. <laughs> no, no, no. Not even at all. I mean, the not other day, even I, was, at all. I was in the middle of a fight with my wife, and Siri popped in and said, no, she's right, Mark. So you know, um, I'm just saying, well, in, I don't in know. that I, case, Siri is probably right. <laughs> it, it probably, she probably was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, very sad that we don't have trust in our companies, but oh, well, what are we going to do about it? Um, so th this is a little scary. A woman uncovered a stalking in, what was that yeah, about? Th this, this bothered me a lot. If you remember when AirTags came out, yeah, sure. you know, the Apple yep. AirTag, which was right. very much similar to a tile device, which we've used right. for ages. But right. obviously, this is higher tech. It's by Apple. What the purpose is, you stick it on your phone, you stick it on your keys, you put it on your purse, you put it on anything right. that you may want to miss, that you may think might get displaced, or this even a piece of luggage. Or even a piece of luggage when you go through the airport. You yeah. can figure out where your luggage is. So, yeah, in theory, that sounds great. But are there more bad actors in this world than we think? I think so. So, so this woman posted on TikTok that her iPhone detected an unknown accessory near her. Presumably, it was an Apple AirTag. She was notified of it when she was out shopping at a Walmart. There was an option to remove the device, but when she tried to do so, she received a pop-up that said it was unable to connect to the server, which, what that means, right. is she had no control over the device. Um, that AirTag that was placed on her person was on another server with another phone. So she noticed another notification at the bottom of her phone, encouraging her to contact local law enforcement if she felt unsafe. So this is creepy all the hell. I mean, this, this is insane. Definitely. Um, and they stated 
that there was a chance that law enforcement or Apple support wouldn't be able to exist because they didn't have the device's serial number. So she had to find it. Then she gets another unknown accessory message. Bottom line, she was able to pull up a net map with a red dot, she believed indicated every time somebody pinged the device that was placed on her. She couldn't find a tracker on her body. So she shut off her location services and shut off her Bluetooth services and thought it fixed the problem. But it didn't because it wasn't coming out of her phone. The tracking was coming out of the Apple AirTag. She got another unknown accessory notification. So this is crazy. She couldn't resolve the problem and she isn't sharing updates right now. But this is plain creepy. This and the problem is yeah, that Android really users can do not have access to Apple AirTags being placed on their person. But the big takeaway for this for all of our Android users out there, Android expert tip here, there is an app called AirGuard in the Play Store that you can download and that will notice if there's an Apple AirTag on your person. So that's very important for people who have Android. And for people who exactly. somebody didn't think this through. I'm I'm sorry. This it's egregious. Because we hear of all the things that are going on at bars with drugging and you you have a daughter, you know about these things. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's just dangerous. Yeah. And that's, that's all that I have really to say is, about that. Really <laughs> No, yeah, you're you're 100 correct. That is absolutely right, and uh, it is frightening. Uh, and and the okay. next story well, that I on? have, so so the next story that I have is kind of interesting. Is what would you do if you lost access to your Google account? Maybe to you it wouldn't be that big a deal, but to those who use Google Docs, Google, they have their own Excel. They have all those things. They have the Google Cloud. They have you know everything that Apple does, plus your Gmail. And a lot of people use their Gmail as an archival file cabinet because it's so easy to search. Now, one of the things Google will ask you when you finally do get <laughs> in touch with them is when did you set up your Google account? You have any idea? Oh, Mark? Gosh. No. Okay, so if you search your Gmail, uh, your main Gmail account, for a welcome to Google email, and the headline for that is Google is different, here's what you need to know. And the date of that email is the date that you signed up. But <laughs> most people have deleted that email because why? Why do you need that? So here is the ticket. This is what you need to do. If you can't get hands on the welcome email, go to your Gmail account. I'm going to mine right now. In the upper right-hand corner, you will see a cog. Now, this has to be done on desktop only, desktop or laptop. You click the cog, and it says Quick Settings. Then click where it says See All Settings. You click See All Settings, then you see at the top these little headlines with different settings. Click on forwarding and pop slash IMAP. When you click on that and you scroll down, you can see when you started 
on uh, Gmail. Because mine says pop download status. Pop is enabled for all mail that has arrived since, and it has the date. So I know the exact date. I suggest you write it down because if you lose access to Gmail, you're never going to know this. <laughs> but yeah, that's know this because yeah. this is the best way, the easiest way to free your account if somebody takes it over. And you know this oh, happens. You know this happens. All right. All right. Well, hey, now it is the time of the show. We search the universe, the planets, and eBay for our buy of the week. Thank you very much. Okay, so this is this is actually a really great buy of the week. Um, it comes from SpoofyDeals.com, and it's the Bo uh, Bose Noise Canceling 700 wireless headphones, um, shipped for $179.20. Now write this code down because you need it to get the deal. It's save on fave. So S A V E O N V. I'm sorry, S A V E O N. F-A-V-E-S. Uh, it's normally $379. It's listed on eBay for $224. And it's listed, I think, on Google for about uh, two something. So uh, the and these are really high end. These are refurbished, by the way. And I know Marsha's a big fan of um, refurbished devices and things that you can use on there. And the boys can't and they're certified refresh. So that means they've been refreshed by actually Bose, and they are just really high-grade wireless headphones. So if you are someone that wants to use wireless headphones, you know, not the earbuds, because a lot of people, and Marsha, I think you're one of them, you don't like using earbuds. Uh, I don't like using ears. earbuds. Kamala Harris doesn't use earbuds either. <laughs> well, there you go. And she's the pre vice president of the United States, so yeah. lucky her. Uh, so it's got an adjustable headband, built-in microphone, built-in on and off switch, call functions, uh, detachable cable, noise cancellation, rechargeable battery, rechargeable ear uh, pads, and a touch control. And these are all Bose who make some of the best stuff in the planet when it comes to sound. And again, you can get these for $179.20, uh, listed on eBay for $224. Uh, the regular price is two is three seventy nine ninety five. So you're you're getting less than half, almost half price on these. And you just use the coupon code in checkout, S A V E O N. F-A-V-E-S, save on faves, and you will get that uh, shipped to you for $179.20. That's a deal. And that I mean, I got to tell you, with all the stuff that we've heard of all over the years, all the new headsets, all the new everybody, Bose, in my opinion, still maintains the best consistency of quality. Yeah, they're I very mean, good. I have Harman Kardon. I have Sony. I have it all. Um but when I'm looking for a really good headphone, Bose noise canceling, the Quiet Comfort series is the best. Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, okay, so here's the age-old question: comes up all the time. Are fitness trackers that we use actually accurate? I have this question myself. I use an Apple Watch for fitness tracking. Uh, you use a Fitbit, I think, Marcia. No, uh, actually, I'm using. Yeah, I'm using a Huawei uh, Band Four uh, be because of my, okay. you know, privacy issues. I want don't want my right. data going to Google. So yeah, so I read this article. I figure they know yeah. that, but yeah, who cares <laughs> yeah. that much? I don't care right. about yeah. because I, uh, yeah, you know, right. I'd lie anyway. 
But if you take a look at all of these, the article was in Live Science, whom I believe and does a good job. <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, long story short, mm, yeah, they're kind of accurate. <laughs> I mean, the sort step counting, the step counting is kind of questionable. Uh, the faster you walk, the better right, the step counting. Yeah. <laughs> and I think steps right. count when you're walking through a store. I mean, it's, that's just me. You know, if you're walking slow, one, two, three, four, five, stand, stand, one, two, three, eight. Yeah, you know, it just that counts. But it doesn't do such a good job. I mean, at the real problem walking. with this is well, I was going to say the real problem with counting steps in a one day period of time is you walk for five minutes and you sit for half an hour, then you walk for five minutes. And the secret to cardio success is to continuously burn off calories for a period of time. Yeah, but this isn't supposed to be, that isn't supposed to be matching, uh, measuring cardio. That's just counting your steps. That's all you're looking for with that particular data point. Well, right. Is how right. many steps. And if that's not, a Kurt and I have done this together do the exact same walking. We're going to be going to CES together. We're going to do the exact same walking. And I will take a picture of it and share it on Twitter. I will bet you right yeah. now that it will be different for both of us after covering the yeah, same I'm area. Yeah, sure it will be. Yeah, it's and all also... All devices in different ways. Yeah, yeah and uh, you can figure you're going to fall down or you fell down. That's simple. That's a gyro issue. I mean, that technically, that's not a big giant deal. But also, the you think of the heart rate, and people want to know that, and they want to look. I'm not talking about EKG. Yep. I'm talking about just the heart rate. Oh, heart rate that's right. pretty standard yep. because that was invented a while back. And as long as they're using the photocell, you know, the little light that blinks, uh, LEDs, Right. Uh, it's pretty accurate, which which I was surprised about because I thought for sure that had to be wrong. Um, well, the I thing will, is, I mean, I will tell. I was going to say I will tell you that I have a treadmill which I'm on almost every day, and on my treadmill I have a a heart rate tracker that I put my hands on the sensors on the treadmill. At the yeah, same I have time that I'm too. My, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So at the same time, I'm wearing my Apple Watch, and it's also and they're both different. My heart rate. <laughs> And they're different. Yeah, they're different. I don't know yeah, if my I, hand is accurate. As, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, but mine's different. So I don't even use the thing. Mine is on a bicycle. I, I don't even use it. So yeah. uh, the fact that let's not rely on these fitness trackers as science. Let's just say the best thing fitness trackers do for us are to remind us whether we're exercising. It's not wrong 100% of the time. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, well, according to my fitness tracker, I haven't had a good night's sleep since 1963. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> you know, and my husband, oh, I have 100 and I have backed up sleep. And, and what is this nonsense, backed up sleep and catching up on I your know. sleep? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, but exactly. the bottom line is it makes you aware of your health. So it's a nice yep. thing to have on your wrist, um, but don't become obsessive about it because odds are it's not exactly right. There you go. Uh, so real quick, this is this is kind of interesting. I'm not a I'm not big on having 27 different credit cards. My wife does that. She's got on this card, and there's a deal, and that one she gets this off, and this one. But this is a new one that I actually 
I'm waiting to get an invitation. You have to send a request to get this. You can't just apply for it. Uh, it's called the X1 card. And it's this is the new thing with cars now. They're made out of stainless steel and they look really pretty. Yeah, I have but, one. Um, it's like yeah. you can it's like throwing uh, you know, the the fighting stars, you know, the oh, little yeah, stars yeah, exactly. with the right Ninja Yeah, that's stars, what yeah. I do with my credit card. Ninja stars. I yeah. do that with my credit card, yeah. Well, this one apparently it's kind of interesting. I mean it's got a bunch of bells and whistles that are kind of cool. It gives you three percent off of your spending, which is better, I guess, than most. I'm not an expert on, you know, on cards. Two points for every dollar you spend. Once you reach fifteen thousand a year, it bumps it automatically three percent retroactively. So it's got some really nice bonuses on it. But one thing that it does is when you go online and use the card, it will create a virtual card which can be used for a one time purchase. So for example, if you wanted to sign up for HBO for their free trial for 30 days and you're mm -hmm. one of those people that forgets to cancel it well this card when you go back to reuse it won't exist anymore because it's only a one well you know you card. can do that you can do that on Ma with your MasterCard or your uh but what's the other one I don't use Visa? the other one Visa card you American can Express? do that on their websites yeah yeah there's a way of doing it. this does you it can make a temporary code Right. And yeah. Yeah. With this, you apparently it just works. You just go on there, you use the virtual code and it automatically creates it. And so uh, I thought that was pretty clever. Um, and I did. I actually am going to apply for it because I think it's a little different than cards I've seen in the past. And according to my wife, who's the expert on this, that is a good deal in what they give you, you know, three times your points. Uh, so anyway, that's the X card. Uh, we're almost out of time, but there was some shocking. I mean, I must say shocking news and I don't watch the show at all but I was even shocked by it because I knew about it so Marcia uh, if you want to know if you don't want to know something about sex in the city and you haven't seen it yet do not sign listen. off Turn now and, and thank you thank you for thank you for listening but yes. you know sex in the city rebooted they're gonna have 10 episodes and it's called and just like that and our hero Jessica uh, Sarah Jessica Parker or Carrie uh, as we all know, who watched the show, married Mr. Big, whose name is John. And he's a great actor, uh, by the way. He's a wonderful actor. He's yeah. a wonderful actor. But what happens in the first, the end of the first episode? He's on his Peloton and he's into it. And he's like talking to his trainer on, I mean, he's really into it. He'd been looking forward to that session all day. He had a heart attack and died. Yeah, well, I mean, what was I that? Mean, that was a shock. Well, it was a shock. I mean, we knew who those of us who watched the show that Mr. Big did have a heart condition at one time, and he lived a pretty high extravagant lifestyle. You know, big steaks, cigars, cocktails, the whole thing. Um, yeah, maybe he didn't have the best lifestyle choices, but he was riding his Peloton bike, you know? And of course, Peloton said riding his Peloton bike might have delayed his cardiac event, except for the fact the stock market didn't believe it. And they were down like close to 12 <laughs> percent the yeah, day the show aired. Exactly. exactly. And yeah. honestly, when I saw it happen, I said, how did Peloton allow this? How, how to have a main character croak by using your device? That's that insane. A, yeah. And whoever's in charge of branding over there, I'm sure you're a lot smarter than I am. But wouldn't you think to ask, how are you going to use our product in the show before you give the okay? Well, I'm you would just think. Saying. 
Just saying. But uh, lessons learned. So Mr. Big is dead, and the Peloton bike caused a heart uh, a heart attack that killed him. Well, I don't yeah. know if they, I wouldn't say that caused the heart attack. It just means that there was something going on. Oh, if on. you and see, that, that if you there. see, if you see the show, yeah, it okay. caused is the heart what, attack. That's what it would imply. Yeah, that's yeah, why the Nova. stock went all the way. Yeah, that's why yeah, Chris, that's uh, why the stock went down and everything. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, Chris Noth, who's also is on another show right now, so that may have something to do with it. He's on um, uh, Grace and Frankie. Uh, and oh, he's yeah, on that, Grace wait, and Frankie. Grace and Frankie. He's on Grace and yeah. Frankie. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, he uh, was he, a boyfriend on Grace and Frankie. Oh, okay, and he's also on the uh, Equalizer which is a very good show. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Okay, well, you know, if uh, I guess I'll just have to watch the show to find out, frankly, because I watched one movie. I somehow got through watching one movie. I'm sorry. I, I just It just wasn't for me. Uh, so I know kind of who the cast was, and I knew who he was. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Uh, so needless to say, that let's see, and we should be out pretty quick, yeah. I think, Marcia. Yeah. Yeah. Why so, don't you take a look? Look at your messages, dude. Look well, at your it messages. It's time the for the holidays, and we're having a party at our house, and we're going to watch some classic Christmas movies on Christmas Day. Yeah. There so, you Mark, go. say goodbye. Goodbye. Have a great holiday and a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. And please ask your friends, subscribe, review, give us five stars. We're here because you're there. Have a happy holiday season, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Produced by Brain Food Radio Syndication, global food for thought.